0: It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with Lior Oheyan and Aaron Spivak, founders of Hush. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Thanks. All right. So this Hush iced blanket, this awesome cooling sleep-induced blanket, is active right now on Kickstarter. Raised over two hundred and seventy-five thousand U.S. dollars so far, with over eighteen hundred backers. So let's talk about Hush blanket and what inspired you both to create this awesome product.
1: Sure. So we've already been selling our weighted blankets for about um, a year now, and we noticed in the summer months. There was a slump of sales and it was definitely due to the fact that people assume and know that it's it's a very hot or, you know, heat producing blanket when you're under our regular cover. So, people have been asking for a cooling blanket for a while and um, that's how we decided to combat two things at once, you know, don't let people overheat in the summer and also protect our sales in the summer. Nice. So you guys have been selling the hush blanket. Now we've
0: got the hush iced blanket. What was the process like of determining, you know, how to blend bamboo, cotton, et cetera, into the blanket itself and then deciding what other features to include when designing this product out?
2: Yeah, I mean, we did a little bit of research, obviously, into what types of fabrics are available for people who are looking to cool down and what was used already in the market. Sometimes there's uh, some sheets that people are using that help them cool down, some pillowcases, stuff like that. And we didn't want something that was already available. We wanted something extremely unique. So we basically did a bunch of research, sent out a bunch of you know, sample requests, all different types of fabric manufacturers. And it actually worked out that a composition was made almost by accident by uh, one of our potential manufacturers that turned out to be the coldest most amazing fabric we've ever felt. And the reason why I say accident is because the composition that we originally asked for wasn't the one that they sent us. Uh, So we had to kind of decompose that blanket and see how it was made. But uh, the second we felt this this sample, this little product, we were like, wow, this is it. This is what we've been wanting the whole time. So it was quite special once we got it
0: interesting so you guys launched your previous product that's for sale right now the hush blanket as like an online store business what made you guys decide to use crowdfunding to launch the hush
1: iced blanket that's a good question um I think we've seen the success of other products on Kickstarter we wanted we wanted to launch a product like when we first when we first launched our regular hush classic blanket we just Went straight to AdWords. Like we just started with some ads, and we started getting some pre-orders. And we've actually been in pre-orders since September, meaning we haven't ha- been able to hold stock for four or five months now, because uh, even more, six, seven months, because we keep selling out. So we we thought instead of just selling out all the time and not being able to keep up with with these sales, let's just do a Kickstarter where people are accustomed to waiting quite a long time. It'll prove the concept and we'll be able to get them all out in one order with all the cash that we receive in one shot, which is essentially what Kickstarter was designed to do.
0: Absolutely. So how long did you guys spend preparing for the crowdfunding campaign? Let's talk about that a little bit. I know you had mentioned just now that you guys have been using AdWords to kind of get users (coughs) into your funnel for the current blanket that's on back order. What did you guys do in terms of preparation, marketing side for the crowdfunding campaign?
1: For sure. Um, We we knew that being on Kickstarter itself meant that a lot of traffic would come from Kickstarter. So that's another reason we, we wanted to be on the platform. So we needed to sort of deconstruct previous campaigns that have done well. And what it sort of led to was that there are specific agencies that... Are experts at getting you ranked on Kickstarter and building email lists and running ads and all these things. So we interviewed a whole bunch of them that, that played a big role in, in the early success we've seen, but a a big part of it was also our own customers. You know, not many Kickstarters uh, start with a huge customer base already, which, you know, can really help with lookalike audiences and, and being able to email your own customers. For, for a really healthy start. So I'd say that we started around three months in advance. So we started around November, already interviewing agencies and prepping all of the, the photo shoots and the video shoot, flying out to Hollywood to do that and things like that. Nice. So you've been working with our agency for, for a little bit of time.
0: Talk about the some of the prep work in terms of lead generation or marketing things that help the, the campaign, you know, do about $100,000 in the first 24
2: hours. Yeah, it was kind of uh, just a buildup of a bunch of different things. We, you know, we really wanted to hit the ground running like most Kickstarters do. So it was stressed, you know, with the agency and, and within us that, you know, th- that first few hours, that first 24 hours was important. So, you know, we spent quite a, quite a lot of time building a list of people who... You know, were either opted in from interest or trying to win a contest, uh, who were willing to share you know their information with us saying that they wanted to be contacted. Uh, we were able to prep, like Leor said, our previous clients uh, who were reaching out to us, you know wanting a, a, a summer blanket. So we were able to build that up as well. We also built our personal list of you know friends and and family who you know we reached out to and said, hey, you know, can you support us? Will you support us? If yes, opt in. Uh, and it was it was really important for us to build that list. I mean, I don't know what the final numbers were, but I think it was well over ten thousand people who were you know committed and ready to to buy on opening day. So it was definitely a joint effort. But we we look back at it now, and if it wasn't for that prep that we spent prior, then you know it probably wouldn't have been as good as it was on opening day considering we weren't on like the the homepage of kickstarter or anything like that so it was completely all traffic from efforts that we put in before i think it's like 13% of our pledges came from like friends and family on first day which is which is pretty
0: awesome yeah it's always great when uh, people come in when they say they're going to come in to back and
2: support your idea right yeah it's it, the support has been incredible like you know We saw the the traffic come in from all the generated leads with the agency and then to see our customers, you know, wake up and and buy a a piece of their blanket like on opening day and to see uh, people. I know we launched at I think, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Like for most people, they're working at that time uh, for people to stop what they're doing, check their email and and purchase was uh, was pretty special. Absolutely. So, you guys have gotten some
0: great press coverage as well. You know, outlets like HuffPo, NBC, ABC, Fox, et cetera. Any tips that you guys would have for other creators looking to get great press coverage as well?
1: For sure. I mean, um, a lot of that press was for our original blanket. I, we have a, a connection with press release service. So, that really helps to get picked up from different news sources and things like that. Uh, we also. With the agency Aventis, they have a uh, press release team, so they're they're manually reaching out to to different outlets and bloggers that they that they know, and it's just a matter of sending out samples and things like that. So it's really having a good team behind you, as well as sort of a dedicated person that's just constantly reaching out. We did a little bit of um, of a hack. I'll share with your audience. So we we downloaded all of the the links of our, some of our competitors uh, and saw where they were featured. And then we spent some time finding out the email address of every single journalist of those features. And then we emailed them one by one um, offering a sample if they write about us. And that's been a really good thing. Uh, some really good feedback from that and being able to get some press that way.
0: Very cool. So with all the marketing efforts that you guys have put forth for this project and campaign, where have you
1: guys seen the biggest return? It looks like the biggest return has been from that initial list of email leads that we, that, uh, Aventus helped us build. We had like 13% of pledges from that and then 17% of pledges just from our own like website traffic that we already have some organic traffic and telling our friends and family and our own email list. So altogether, that's, Around like thirty percent, well over a hundred thousand dollars, just from you know the preparation that we did in advance, and then it starts to go down from there. So like after that, it's Facebook ads is like ten percent, Kickstarter sent you know thirty percent on their own from their different popular pages and things like that. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about your backers. I know
0: many of them are friends and family. Uh, up in Canada have you gotten much feedback from them so far and of the feedback that you guys have received how have you guys been managing that with also promoting the campaign and then getting ready to go into manufacturing for this new product
1: yeah sure i mean i think some of the the challenges has been using kickstarter as sort of an e-commerce store which is not it's not meant to be so Right away, people want variations. They're saying, "Where's how do we upgrade to a queen size blanket or a king size blanket, which you've never even considered before?" And now the demand is so high that we've added it as a stretch goal. So there's figuring out that you know how to how to add you know like add twenty dollars to your pledge to upgrade and all these different things. So it's been mainly colors, uh, sizes, and people wanting to. To sort of feel the fabric without, without, they're they're basically trusting a video to show them the quality and the the and the coldness of a, of a fabric that they can't feel. So that's been some sort of feedback that we've been getting. Yeah, I mean it's been pretty cool to see someone look at at you know
2: a, a photo on Kickstarter and have trust in the platform and have trust in us and believe in us to to deliver on on the product. Right? We find that sometimes with tech products or gadgets. You can kind of show the way they function and the way they use with the video, but it's very difficult to look at a picture of a fabric and imagine yourself under it and its benefits and then, you know, want to get yourself, you know, one of those products. So it's been kind of cool to see, you know, the amount of support and the amount of belief that, that, that people have. And, you know, it's been, it's been quite a ride and I really like the way that Kickstarter has built that with their audience and that people, you know, really trust the, the people on there. Yeah. I mean, just looking at your
0: stats, it's, uh, you know, about a third of your backers are first time backers, which is always really great to see that, you know, the product and your presentation, the pre-campaign and all of the marketing has been able to, you know, win the trust of so many new community members to Kickstarter for this innovation that you guys are bringing to market. You also brought up a really cool point in terms of the stretch goals. You guys have some really cool stretch goals that backers have unlocked. Talk a little bit about that process and how you guys went ahead in terms of deciding what to offer as stretch goals.
1: Yeah, I think we only have one stretch goal now, which is the king. So, people were asking, you know, if this is a prototype and you still have to go to manufacturing to make this, why can't you just make a king size? So... You know, our, our typical answer is that the blanket is meant to be a personal blanket. You're not really sharing it with someone, although you can. And it's most effective when it's, when it's around you, like just your body. That's why our twin size is actually smaller than a regular twin bed because it's like just enough for your body. But we thought, you know, we got to give the people what they want. So, uh, at 500,000 Canadian, we're going to basically upgrade everyone to a king for free if they, if they already pledged for a queen. And we're thinking of adding some stuff like like colors because, like that's how we decide on on what to do is based on what the people are asking for, and we've got some wacky colors in mind.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they do. Um, so, what's the biggest thing that you guys have learned <laughs> through the whole process of launching your first Kickstarter campaign?
2: I mean, the biggest thing would be tough. We've learned we've learned so much. I mean, we stressed preparation before. Kickstarter, just because of our experience in e-comm, uh, our experiencing launching products in general, uh, has taught us that if we didn't prepare extensively prior, we weren't going to hit anywhere near our internal goals and our funded goals. So we definitely learned how important that is. We also learned that, although it is 30 days, it is you know, and we're only halfway through just about. It is it is a marathon and it's important not to be on it all day and, and to be stressing about it every hour to see it. And it's important to understand, you know, what we wanted to accomplish here and to kind of stay within that groove and to kind of continually, you know, hit tasks every day that we create for ourselves, remind ourselves that, you know, that we need to keep, we need to keep going and, and hitting certain things. So I would say if, for anyone who's, Hasn't started one yet. I mean, we're no experts. Our first one, we're halfway through. But if you're setting up your first one and you're looking for a little bit of advice, it would be one, you know, get a good agency that that you trust in. Uh, You know, we use Aventus. Get, you know, we built a really good relationship with them. And we spent, like Lira said it before, we spent months uh, interviewing agencies from all over the world. And we went with Aventus for many reasons, but get one that you're comfortable with that, you know, you like the way they run their show and it fits within yours. And then really stress, you know, how you want to be a part of it. Aventus is, is full circle. They'll take care of everything for you, which is great. But Lior and I stressed many times, like, you know, what can we do? You know, and they were great in giving us things that, you know, they don't necessarily take care of or that they do, but we can add to And we're basically, we looked at each other early on and said, okay, these guys are going to handle all the nitty gritty, but, you know, we want to do our part. Uh, And we spent, you know, quite a lot of time preparing what we wanted to do and how we were going to kind of scale this project and get it to where, you know, we thought it could reach. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: mean, I I know my team has been uh, having a great time with working with you guys on that. So what, if anything, would you guys do differently if you were starting the whole project over again?
1: At first, we we kept getting mixed answers about um, how important the the pre-launch email leads are, and you know, in my previous business, I relied almost entirely on email marketing for uh, to make sales and to do promotions. Especially in a similar fashion, you know, you push everyone to a launch, you know, within a uh, seven to, to fifteen day window. So I had experience. I knew emails were super important. But uh, we didn't know how important. So we just sort of set like a small budget aside compared to our main budget for the whole campaign. I think doing it over, we would definitely double down on that. Like maybe even triple or quadruple down on that because it ended up being for our campaign that those emails were so worth it. You know, all this, they were so cheap too. So definitely getting more email addresses and um, not being afraid to to email them. I have a feeling that a lot of, companies will collect this whole list of leads and then they'll just send one email on launch day being like, Hey, it's ready. We went a bit nuts on that. So it seemed to pay it off. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: We can't be uh, too hesitant to email people. I think we're all just so distracted this day and age that we're afraid that we're going to be blasting them with too much content. But honestly, people's inboxes I think are a little crazy these days and you have to message them multiple times, especially for a launch time zones and where people are in the world. And, you know, when they're available to find free time to go and back a project. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Leor. you drew the short straw. So, you're going to answer all of my launch round rapid fire questions. Are you ready to go? Let's bring it. All right. So, what inspired you to be
1: an entrepreneur? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think this is going to be rapid fire. What inspired me to be an entrepreneur? I am... Um, I was in university and I saw on the campus there was these hot dog carts. And I thought, these guys are living the dream. You know, they're not in class and they're making money. So, I did the math and I'm like, mom, I'm not coming back to school next year. I'm going to open a hot dog cart. (laughs) So, it was really just seeing people not being stuck in the same situation I was. And that really drove the fire to be an entrepreneur. Um, Obviously, I didn't start a hot dog cart selling blankets instead, but that's (laughs) exactly coming soon. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout
0: history, who would it be throughout history? Probably Elon Musk. All right. What, uh, what's the first question for Elon? How do
1: you do so many things at once? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, who did you look up to growing up as a kid? Growing up as a kid, I probably looked up to you. Mean business wise, anyone? Probably my brother. Yeah. How come? He seemed to uh, have all the answers. As a firstborn child, he went through all the toughest parts. Got all of the, you know, all of the um, strictness from my parents, and, and learned a lot in life. So I got it. Uh, I got the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, any book you would recommend to our listeners? A lot of books. Um, for mindset, I would say The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, um, which will help you sort of stay present, especially in a tough a tough and wild environment like launching a Kickstarter. Nice. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Um, I think the future of crowdfunding is going to take a bit more of a investor role i think people want like i've been looking at some crowdfunding campaigns and i actually want to invest in them as as an investor so i think people will not only get a piece of the product but they might get like a piece of the company or something like that um, that's just a direction i'd love to see it going yeah
0: equity crowdfunding is definitely interesting as well Well, this has been awesome, guys. This is your opportunity to give us your pitch. Tell people
1: what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. Awesome. So, we are Hush Blankets. Our newest product is the Hush Iced Blanket for the hot summer months and for hot sleepers. If you're in Canada, you can check us out at hushblankets.ca. The rest of the world, hushblankets.com. And Instagram, at hushblankets.
0: Can't forget that Insta. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Lior and Aaron, thank you so much for being on Art of the Kickstart today.
2: Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter Guide to Crushing It, and of course if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show